0: So, about nine years ago. First of all, you know how I work this one. All right. Well, while they're getting it up there, I'm about nine years ago. I had the opportunity to go to Wyumi. That is the old training ground for um, New Tribes Missions. It is now known as Ethnos 360. I went there with my missions class in high school, and they just started talking to us and telling us about all these different places that had missionaries in them, some tribal, some city. And as the missionaries kept talking, the Lord kept laying a burden on my heart for the people of Papua New Guinea. I was just, like, captured by the look in their eyes via pictures and stories, and my heart fell in love with these people. I knew that in some way God would provide for me to have the opportunity to go and see these people. And the church I attend in Harrisburg, Garden Chapel, um, it turned out that we have some missionaries from the church that are missionaries to Papua New Guinea. Um, Last, so it would have been three years ago now, Um, I was directing day camp for CEF in Lackawanna County, and I had missionaries from Papua New Guinea as our guest speakers for the week. They're like, hey, have you ever thought about going just for two weeks? And I'm like, oh, I would love that. I've, I've been praying for the people of Papua New Guinea, but you know what? It is not the right time. That weekend I go home, and these missionaries that we went over to visit were giving a missions presentation on Papua New Guinea. And I was like, okay, God, I see you. And that's when it started, the process starting, God started opening up doors for me to be able to take this trip to Papua New Guinea. March 21st of 2018, the team of 10 from Garden Chapel, we drove to Washington DC. We sat there for three and a half hours because our flight kept getting delayed over and over again. I was the only one that got stopped for security. Apparently I look innocent, but my granola bars do not. They decided to take out every little snack that I had and search it. Um, But finally, we boarded the flight at 12.27 a.m., and we started our trip to Canada. We touched down quickly for a refuel. A few people got on, and then we continued on to Manila. That was over a 20-hour flight, So by the time we got to Manila, we were already exhausted. We were already tired of each other, but in a good way, because the flight was obviously really tiny. Um, But we had a 14-hour layover in Manila, Philippines. You can see there, we are enjoying some authentic Asian food. It was delicious. I enjoyed real sushi, real ramen. It was delicious. Um, but during our 14 hour layover, we were able to rent a lounge. So they provided meals for us. They provided some bedding so we could relax and take a fresh shower. It was really cool. I was sitting down, getting ready to study my Bible lessons. And a couple walks into the lounge that I'm sitting in, I was like, oh, I just wanted some alone time. I've been surrounded by people for over 24 hours. I just want some alone time with God to study. And he turned the one, the gentleman turns and he looks at me. He's like, so what are you doing here? It's like, well, we're getting ready to take a missions trip. Turns out, they were connected with Word of Life. We knew the same people. Um, they had known kids that I went to college with, and so it was really cool just to take some time and pray with them. And they prayed over our team, and so that was just so encouraging to have that interu- that blessing of interruption during that time. We uh, boarded again. And from Manila, we traveled to Port Moresby. Um, That was about a six-hour flight. Um, And we had about a five-hour layover in Port Moresby, so we had our first authentic uh, Papua New Guinea breakfast. That fruit is the best fruit I've ever had. Um, But we were all falling asleep at the tables, so we went outside, and the heat definitely kept us awake. Um, When we were sitting in Port Moresby about a week before we had left, we were told of the possibility that our flight not make it from Port Moresby to Hoskins, the island that we needed to get to. The pilots were on strike. The flights were iffy. We may have to spend a few days in Port Moresby until a flight became available. We were sitting there, and we saw flight after flight get canceled. Like, God, please, no. This is our last flight. We've been traveling for 34 hours. We just want to make it there. Um, We got together, we prayed as a team. And during that time, I took some moments to journal. And I just remember sitting there. You can see the words on the screen. I just remember all the different sights and the different smells. I heard over ten different languages within three hours just sitting in that airport. I had talked to another American that was sitting there. She was going to visit her fiancé right near the same island. And she was just praying too. And um, I began to become overwhelmed Because as I was getting impatient, I realized that this was God answering my prayers. I had the opportunity to look these people in the eye. I had the opportunity to shake their hands. Wherever we went, even in the airport, um, we all wore the same shirt, the blue shirt that said P&G 2018. They thought we were an Olympic team. So that was kind of cool. They're like, oh, what sports do you play? We don't play sports. Um, So they thought we were some professional team, but it opened the door for us to talk to them about our whole purpose of going over. And they treated us like heroes. They just wanted to know our story. They wanted to know why we were coming to see them, the land that most people would only go to for vacation. Why were we coming to serve them? Um, I knew in that moment my life would never be the same. I knew that everything that God was going to do in my life would change my life forever, um, and I just like I was like God, help me never to forget this moment. I want this moment to stay in me forever. Um, and about ten minutes after I finished journaling, um, my friend snuck that picture of me. wasn't happy about it, but I'm glad he did. Um, after that picture was taken, our flight was the first flight called. I'm like thank you, God. So we finally got on the plane. And we arrived in Hoskins. The landing was gorgeous. Um, I had never seen anything like it. It is the tiniest airport I have ever been to. Um, But after 36 hours of flying, we made it to the West New Brighton Island of Hoskins. It was at least 96 degrees when we landed, Um, it had just finished raining. But it was perfect. We all loaded up onto the back of the trucks. And as you can see, that was the main form of transportation there. Um, We entered the Ethnos 360 compound. Now, the thing about the Ethnos 360 compound is it used to be a working school. So they would constantly have missionary kids there. So it was set up perfectly for our missions conference so that we could enjoy dormitory-style living. Um... The mattress is right there. That is where I stayed for the two weeks. Um, It is actually more comfortable than it looks. Um, But our view in the morning was gorgeous. Um, I would look outside my window, and I saw this ginormous mountain that was covered in either fog or smoke from the d- different villages around it. And there was a gate that surrounded the community, um, the compound, but there were villages surrounding the whole entire compound. So you, at all different hours of the day, if you weren't hearing the animals, you were hearing the voices and the chantings and the different languages just surrounding. They all have one common language, but with, in each village they have their own individual language as well. So that was really cool. Everything there is vibrant because it is always raining. It is always sunny. um, And it's always a lot bigger. So a beetle that we would have that's like this big, it's like that big over there. Um, There are pictures out there somewhere of me laying there, just trying to sleep like normal. But my friends thought it would be funny to put beetles on me while I slept. I don't have that picture, and I'm okay with that. Um, But they were pretty big beetles. at night you would be walking and something would just whack you in the face and you'd look down and there's a beetle oh okay um we encountered several rats we would just be cooking in the kitchen and one would scurry across like oh okay um there's also a video of me sitting in our living room with a laundry basket over my head because there was a bat in the living room and I'm terrified of bats and I'm just screaming get the bat out of here and they're all laughing at me hysterically but the fan took care of it it's okay but their bats are pretty big over there as well so our first night was just full of laughter and fellowship Um, this is us enjoying our first dinner on the compound Um, and that was just a blessing to be able to see Ben and Nikki and their children all over again The very next day, we loaded into the trucks, and we went to visit some local villages. Um, This is a picture of a gentleman whose wood carvings are incredible. You hand him a picture, and that's exactly what you walk away with. It takes him months to do it, but they are beautiful. Um, You can see us walking down the road. That is a very common road there. If it does not look like that, it is just big potholes. I think Pennsylvania potholes are bad. Um, Their potholes are the size of a big dump truck so you kind of just have to work your way down and in and around and everyone's just like holding out to the side for dear life but it was definitely um not therape- therapeutic but that was okay it was enjoyable um later that day we had an opportunity to go visit the open market um i will never forget those smells if you have ever been to a foreign country and you go to an open market It's overwhelming. All the different noises, all the different sounds. Um, Everyone's just wanting you to buy things. Um, But that was pretty cool. So in this one picture... So... You are left. Um, that is called a bilum. That is their form of a backpack, their form of a, of a purse. It is made out of fabric, and a child is laying in it. Um, that is how they carry everything around there. You will just walk down the road, and on a fence, you'll see a bilum with a baby laying in it. And the mom is just working on the side of the road trying to collect wood or grass or anything that they need. Um, I saw some guys in the middle of the field working on some of the pineapple trees And they had Beelums on their back with kids in them. Um, So no matter where you go, you see a child in a beelum, which was a little weird at first. But it was also very, very cool. Um, We arrived a few days early. So not only could we get some rest before the conference started, but also so we could do prep. Um, That is us in the kitchen starting some meal prep so that we could freeze the meals and then just pull them out the next morning um, and put them in the oven. Um, The picture of me with the two ladies there, the um, lady in the orange shirt, she is from Garden Chapel, but the one in the blue, she is actually from South Africa. And she is a missionary to Papua New Guinea. She and her husband actually run the compound. um, So that was really cool, just get to work side by side with her and hear her heart for the people um, and to see how they work together as a team as well. My favorite time of the day... Um, during prep was to sit down with all these missionary women. These are all the wives and the mothers of, um, of the missionaries, and they're all from different regions. This was right before the conference started, and we got together for tea and prayer every morning, just a time to interact with one another. And it was so cool just to hear their stories going on all all around the room. Some moments I would just sit there in silence and I would want to cry because these are the women who are out on the field on a daily basis facing things I will never have to face. Having to make decisions that I will never have to make yet they're doing it in the strength of the Lord and they were sitting there trying to encourage me. They were sitting there trying to talk to me about my ministry when in reality I was there to serve them but it was just really really cool. Um, a lot of these women it was their first time seeing another American in over a year. A lot of them, it was their first time seeing someone who is not from the tribe that they're ministering to. A lot of these women, it took three or four days to get to Hoskins just for this missions conference. Um, So for them, a lot of them had to break back into speaking English. They had to break back into having conveniences such as internet and running water and a working stove. Um, So it was kind of cool to see that transition, even though it was only for a few days to see them soak it in and be able to just share that with them um during our conference um we had a ladies day out it was really cool Papua New Guinea has it figured out they have a hardware store and you walk in and it looks just like a Lowe's or a Home Depot but then you walk upstairs and it's like a bed bath and beyond and hobby lobby combined on the second floor And then you walk up another short set of stairs, and in the corner is this beautiful coffee shop and cafe. And I'm like, they get it right. The men can do the shopping, the ladies can do the shopping, and then they can go and eat. Uh, So that was a really cool experience. Um, We went there with the ladies and just had a time of fellowship, a time of um, getting to know one another a little bit better. I remember coming home and telling my mom about how much I struggled because I was talking with one of the women. and Every time I tried to turn the conversation back to her, she would stop talking to me, give it a minute, and then proceed with the same question. My father was like, what are you doing? I'm trying to ask you questions." She's like, I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to talk about my life. Because if I, I have to do that every day, I have to think about me every day. I have to think about my needs every day. I have to think about my worries every day. For a minute, I just want to sit here and talk to you. Because if I'm talking to you about you, I feel like I'm at home. And that just brought tears to my eyes because these are women who who miss home, who, who just want to be loved on, But in getting loved on, they're loving others. And so I had to be okay with talking about me. I had to be okay with answering her very personal questions because I found that that's what was ministering to her heart. And it really opened me up. We had some really good talks, and I walked away feeling so blessed, so encouraged. Um... And it was just a blessing to have those conversations with the women. I had to be okay with them not answering some of the questions that I asked. Just as simple as, hey, what's your greatest struggle? And they couldn't always answer it because they didn't want to think about those hard questions. So that was a challenge, yet it was an encouragement as well. These women, you can see them um, right there. Those are three women that went on the trip with me, but those other two are called um, housemates. They are women from the one of the churches that are involved with the compound over there. They are natives to Papua New Guinea. Um, they, over on the compound, it's a way not only to get the natives involved, but also to be able to minister to these ladies and their families. They bring them onto the compound and allow them to do work on the property to earn money for their family. So these women, they um, were helping us prepare a meal for the very next day. So it was just a blessing to sit there and to talk to them. Um, They laughed at us a lot as we tried to learn their language. But it was a joy as well just to sit there and realize that they are sisters in Christ. And um, it was a blessing just to work with them. And then the very next day, I was so excited. Um, My dream came true. We went to the church at Kassia. Now, these are the Nakanai people, the people that Ben and Nikki Buckner are missionaries to. Um, The way they welcomed us was overwhelming. It was humbling. We got in the truck that morning, and we were, number one, warned to wear sunscreen. Because if we didn't, we would get... Eaten alive by the sun, to wear bug spray, to take water, and then to number four, be prepared for anything. Ben knew that they were going to welcome us in such a way, but he didn't know to what extent. We drove up, we were told to get out of the truck, and we are standing there. And the next thing we knew, these men are chasing at us with spears and arrows. And we're just like pinned up against the truck, like, (gasps) okay, we know they're not really gonna attack us, but what is going on? So it's that terrifying moment. Um, but and then right after that, they threw spears down in front of us. And the women followed behind with lays and headdresses, and they were throwing flowers at us. Um, and then they split into a row, as you can see, and they were singing praise and worship songs in their native language as we walked through to the church. Later, the missionaries explained to us that the very first way they welcomed us was how they would have welcomed anyone before they knew Jesus Christ. The second way was welcoming a brother and sister in Jesus Christ. And so that was a really cool, um, really cool way to be welcomed. Um, Benton and Nikki were standing there sobbing because they had never seen their people welcome anyone else that way. That was the very first form of welcome they had ever given anyone. So that was really cool and encouraging. This is the church at Cassia, um, The Nakanai people, this is their church. This is where they meet every Sunday, if not more often. Um, the gentleman standing in front of them is one of the elders of their church. They are now in the position in their church where they have deacons and they have elders. Um, and the people are um, serving their own people. And that is really cool. Um, as you can see, their church is beautiful. It's always covered in flowers. Um, they find it very important to continue to decorate the house of God, um, to keep it bright and cheerful. While we are there, that is the headpiece we are given. Um, they cut down coconuts for us so we could have real coconut water during the service. Um, It was close to 100 degrees that day, so I was more than happy to drink any kind of water I could get. Um, Next to that is the meal that we had with the people. It's like a ramen noodle with it's almost like a spinach leaf and then like a baked potato with canned fish so it was like salmon or tuna Um, the flavors are very strong because they just boil in a pot all day long Um, but it was actually really really good Um, so that was really cool and this is just some pictures of the village that we went to, and we spent the whole day. We arrived there about 8.30 in the morning, and we were there until about 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. Now, during that time, um, I was overwhelmed at the goodness of God. In a few slides, you'll see um, some journaling that I had done um, but we just sat there, and we, we taught the kids how to um, play some games, some American games. We played volleyball with them. They love volleyball. They beat us by a point. Um, but that was really cool, to, just to play games with them and to hang out with them, to make silly faces with them. Um, but as we were sitting there during the service, they, they were talking about how they had been praying for us. You know, I had been praying for these people for nine years. I just dreamed of looking them in the eyes and shaking their hands and and talking with them. But during those nine years, they were praying for me. They didn't know my name, yet they were praying for me. They were praying for my heart that God would make it possible so that I could go and spend that day with them. And that was very humbling to me to know that I had been praying for them, yet I didn't realize that they had been praying for me. So it was a joy and encouragement, um, but also very humbling. During their service that day, their one elder was talking about how, just like God sent Ben and Nikki, just how God sent the group of the ten of us to them, so they must send their own people down the road to tell their friends about Jesus. That hit me pretty hard because this is a newer church. This is a church that is still getting its feet on the ground, that is growing in their walk with the Lord. Yet they're saying, God sent these people to us all the way across the world. How can we not go and tell our neighbors about Jesus? The people of Papua New Guinea are very, very close-knit. You have your family. You have your village. You have your compound. That's it. You don't go to your neighbors. You don't touch them. You don't talk to them. You might see them at the market, but that's it. It's a very tight-knit community, and it was very humbling to to see God working in their lives, to realize that they need to send out missionaries, they need to go start telling people about Jesus. About a week ago, um, Ben sent out an email to us telling us that they have three men um, from that church that are now going out, and they are inviting people to church on on a weekly basis. So that is really cool to see God working in the lives of those people. These are just some pictures of us hanging out with the kids all day. Um, these kids melted my heart. They actually learned some songs in English so that they could perform them for us. Um, and so I knew enough of their language that I was able to have broken conversations with them. Um, and just to sit there and hold, hold those kids tight. I later sent this to my mom through Facebook I said I sit here with my with my eyes filling with tears filling my eyes. My hands and feet are covered in dirt, but my heart is overwhelmed with the goodness and love of God. I can't even begin to describe the time that was just had with these brothers and sisters in Christ. They welcomed us with open arms and songs that left us with tears streaming down our face and smiles stretching from ear to ear. My heart is humbled, my faith is strengthened, and the power of the gospel, his never-ending love and grace of God, has never been more clear to me in my life. I will never be be the same. That those few hours with the church um, it totally changed my life. It totally changed the way I view missions in general. So after that, we went from a very emotional, very convicting, very overwhelming day to the very next day, we were able to see the tourist part of Papua New Guinea. Um, The missionaries took us snorkeling. Um, The very first part, we went way into the depths of the ocean. The current was so strong because we had just had an earthquake. So the current was swaying way too much, pulling us way off the reef. So we went back to this island. Um, We actually had the opportunity to go snorkeling all the way out around the island, and all the way to the drop-off. It was just so gorgeous, Um, and it was indescribable. I don't know if you've ever heard that song by Chris Tomlin, but it is just so indescribable, God's beauty and um, his creation. These are just some pictures. Um, The black and white picture is the missionary's daughter, their oldest. Um, She and I had some really good talks while over there. She is currently a senior. She's finishing her senior year. She will be um, moving back to Michigan Um, next fall to go to the new tribes um, well now Ethnos 360's Bible Institute she's not sure if she wants to be a missionary or what God is calling her to do but I loved hearing how God was working in her heart Um, and that's just some pictures of us before we went to dinner Now, the whole reason we went over was for the missions conference. Um, My role was to co-teach our missionary kids. Um, The theme for the conference that year was discipleship. Um, While the adults were going through discipleship classes and different medical trainings and different financial classes, different cultural analysis, giving their yearly updates, we had these kiddos. These kids were incredible, yet they drove me crazy in good ways. I found myself at one point saying, the one boy that went with us, like, Noah, where's Noah? He goes, "Uh, I, I don't know. I'm like, well, we need to find him. He's the only one missing right now. I walk over and I see little Noah on the roof. I'm like, Noah, get off the roof. He's like, but I like it up here. I'm like, you are making me say words I never thought I'd have to say to a kid, get off the roof. About every 10 minutes, I was telling him to get off the roof. He would just take this really big broomstick and slide down like a monkey. And then he'd climb back up it during free time and sit on the roof again. Um, These missionary kids are definitely getting to experience different cultures, different um, opportunities that American kids don't have. Um, But we went through the Knowing Christ series with them. As we prayed about it, as we decided on what course to teach them, my heart's desire was that not, yes, they're missionary kids, and yes, they're growing up in the word of God, but I want them to know Christ intimately. I want them to know him as their savior, as their friend. And yes, he's the God who calms the sea, and yes, he's the God who heals the blind and makes a lame walk again, but who is he to them? And um, that was a huge, huge passion of mine. And so we used the CEF curriculum, Knowing Christ, Um, stories such as Zacchaeus, Blind Bartimaeus, Lazarus being raised from the dead. And every day we had a different name of God to go along with it and how they could apply it to their lives, how they could go back home and tell their village friends about Jesus. Um, And they soaked it in. I was challenged by the way they so intently, in the heat, in the humidity, on a hard ground, sat there on a daily basis, and they asked questions after. It just wasn't a simple, okay, the lesson's done, let's move on with the game. It was a, but but why, but why? But, and so that was, it was really cool to sit down, have those conversations with them they this is just a picture of us hanging out we had snack every day um out of all the songs we taught them their favorite song was the old song he's still working on me to make me what i ought to be it took them just a week to make the moon and stars the sun and the earth and jupiter and mars how loving and patient he must be he's still working on me They would ask to sing that song over and over and over again. No matter what other song we tried to teach them, that was a song, if they had the opportunity, that's what they would sing. And at this point in the missions trip, I was getting a little frustrated because things weren't going the way I thought it was supposed to go. With some of my lessons, the PowerPoint wasn't working, I lost some of my notes, coffee got spilled on my other notes. I'm like, I don't have ways to get new ones. Um, And I felt imperfect. I felt like I was a disaster. I was so unqualified. I was so weak. Um, Why did I come on this trip? But this just reminded me that that's how I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to feel weak. I'm supposed to feel like I'm not the one who's doing it. Because if that's how I'm feeling, then I can rely on the strength of the Lord. And he's still working on me. And he should be working on me every day because um, it did take him just a week to make the moon and stars. Um, but God should always be growing in me. Um, he should always be working on me. Um, and I'm so thankful for his love and patience. And so that was a huge challenge to me. The kids really, they helped me grow on this missions trip. Um, there's my, so I, they were supposed to be there around 8.30 every morning. I would get there around 7.50, 8 o'clock to prep the classroom, and they were already there. They were all set to go by 8 a.m. And I'm just like, I want to finish my first cup of coffee. But it was such a joy. I soaked in every moment that I had with them. Later in the week, we had the opportunity to um, go out with some various missionaries, to go out with some various families, to enjoy some of the tourist parts of the city, um, just to hang out with the different missionaries to get off of the normal for them, their normal They're used to seeing the jungle. They're used to seeing um, the conference halls. So we took them to some different hotels for meals and fellowship. And that was a huge blessing just to have that one-on-one time with them as well. These are just some pictures of our flights. um, After our goodbyes were very hard, as you can imagine. Um, The gentleman who was leading our trip, the one in the green right there, his brother was the one that we were visiting. Um, So that was a little bit emotional, just saying goodbye to everyone. We had been with them for two weeks at this point. They had become family, um, and it was such a joy. We were sitting in the Hoskins Airport. It was pouring down rain. We had just had another earthquake. We experienced two earthquakes while over there. um, And we had just experienced another earthquake, and then the next thing we know, we're loading up the vans, and it just starts to pour. um, And we're like, oh this is really heavy rain it's getting up to our ankles and then it just kept rising and rising we get to the airport and they're like the plane can't get to the runway it can't see the runway and we're like great if we miss this flight we miss all of our other connecting flights so we went back to the missionary compound that was about four miles away we just hung out there we're like oh are we even going to be able to make it back to the airport so we decided to go back to the airport just so we didn't get stranded at the compound We get back to the compound, and we just form this, or we get back to the airport. We form this big circle, and we start praying. And um, one of the gentlemen came in. He's like, all right. They have just enough clearing, they're gonna land. But you're gonna have to run on the runway in the pouring rain, like, we don't care. Just get us on that plane and get us in the air. Um, and so we finally got on the plane. Um, it only held about 25 people, so it was a very bumpy ride. Um, but it was very, very exciting to get back in the air and to see how God answered another prayer. Um, so that was really cool. This is just a video for you to see quickly about our trip overall. Hey, do you guys have sound up there? (laughs) I don't know that I'm good person. On the no, God. Of his eyes God, his God. God is before because before you, because before this you, you no, this person. No, God God, God, be because God is like in place Jesus. Jesus. God and God. You and from life to you. I like you. know got the God. brothers and sister here. So you go not good news. Now we know. Now now you You have a because inside das la gut Thank you, Garden Chapel. Thank you. 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 So as you can see, we had an awesome trip. God definitely put the team together from start to finish. Um, we were lucky all the luggage made it in one piece. No one lost luggage. No one was caught up at customs. It's very rare for a big group of 10 Americans to make it through with no problems. Um, as you saw in that video, there were also a bunch of teens it was so cool to see how the teens during the day helped us serve. Um, every morning, I was assigned two or three teens that were to help me for the whole day. Their job was just to help me watch the kids, um, get whatever I needed, maybe help lead a game, teach a song, teach a memory verse, um, lead a review game. Um, and then in the evenings, after their long day of serving, their long day of pouring into their younger siblings and their friends' siblings, they themselves, would have their youth conference. They would get together in the old library, and they would just meet together. And I would be downstairs fellowshipping with the missionaries. We'd be playing board games or or just hanging out, listening to music. And you could hear the laughter come from upstairs. And that filled my heart with so much joy to know that there was a time when these kids could just laugh. They could be kids. They could just enjoy fellowshipping with one another. And so that was a huge joy. That was a huge blessing of our trip as well. Um, I have had the blessing of staying in contact with a lot of them. I'm still up to date on what God is doing in their lives and, and how I can continue to pray. I'm so thankful for technology because it was very hard saying goodbye to all of them because they would come in and hang out in our dorms all like all throughout the week. So they would have breakfast with us. They would do devotions with us. I'd be sitting there studying a Bible lesson and they would just come up and hang out. So that was such a huge joy. So I'm very very thankful for technology. All right. Moving on. Um, after I got back from my missions trip, the team was there. They were gearing up for their missions trip. Um, and then when they arrived back on our mission trip, we had several conferences and retreats. And we started summer planning. Um, I'm not going to talk s- super much about summer camp because you had several that are going to be speaking next week about their year with Encounter and summer camp. So I don't want to steal their stories and how God worked. Um, but at the beginning of the summer, we looked at our number of staff members. And as full-time staff, we got a little... Concerned, we had several back out at last minute. We had several um, that were still on the edge about coming, but we knew that God was going to bring those that we needed. He was designing our staff this summer in just the right way, and I can say God put together a phenomenal team. I know Emily's here, she can, and Joey, they can just give testament to that. There were so few issues this summer. And um, last summer, I had t- teenagers in my office left and right waiting to talk to leadership staff with problems. And this year, I only had three kids in my office all summer long. I was so, by the time last week ended, I was like, whoa, my office was really quiet this year. So that was always, always good. Our training camp started off with the theme of Moved with Compassion. Um, We wanted to remind our staff of why we do what we do, why we are here, what our whole theme is. Um, As staff, we were hit pretty hard in February when we received a letter from parents. Um, Their daughter had committed suicide in January. January. And she had been a camper last summer. Um, so that hit us really hard as staff. And we started asking the questions, why? What What are the teens struggling with? What are our kids struggling with today in society? And le- leadership staff started putting together chapel messages, and they started putting together devotionals to answer questions that kids have, to answer questions that teens have, things that can hit their heart in just the right way. And we wanted our summer staff to be prepared with that as well. We wanted them to be moved with compassion when they looked at their kids. We didn't want them to see frustration after frustration. We wanted them to see a heart issue after a heart issue, a problem-solving after problem-solving, ways that we can get them plugged into God's Word, ways that we can answer their questions so that they can be moved with compassion. I really enjoyed we had diversity training this year during camp. We have a lot of inner-city kids that attend during, attend camp because we are right next to several uh, major cities So it was really cool to see people come in and help train our staff and answer a lot of the questions that the staff had on how to handle different situations. And I think we felt more prepared. We were definitely moved with compassion, not only for one another, but for the campers that we are about to meet. Um, My job for summer camp starts normally in January. That is when I jump into camp mode. I start thinking of registrations. I start thinking of questions parents will have, things that I need for registration um and so that very first Monday when kids walk through the door I'm like I've been seeing your name since January I'm so glad to finally meet you um in this past year I was really moved with I need to pray for these kids even before I see them the moment their name comes across my computer screen I need to be praying and so it was so cool to connect with the names with the faces that I have been praying for for months and God continued to move my heart with compassion and it was awesome our numbers were higher than they have been in years. We only had one week with less than 100 and that was okay. It was a rainy week. Emily can talk about this. We had one, we had maybe 3 hours of no rain. That whole week. Um, it was flooding. It was a mess. And God knew we cannot handle handle 100 campers. Um, but it was probably the best week of the summer because it was so unpredictable. It was so fun. And we did new things. And I really enjoyed that. This year I really felt like I was able to spend a lot of time with our operational staff. Um, I was able to spend some extra time with them spiritually and just socially. Um, You can see some familiar faces in those pictures as well in these pictures. Um, And so that was a joy to see familiar faces all throughout the summer and to laugh at them and watch them paint faces and throw pies at their counselors. That was probably my favorite part. Just kidding. Um, But that was so fun just to, to see them and to watch them grow um this week was super special to me um we so the day this picture was taken I was sitting in my office when I realized I had to wash the tie-dye shirts to give back to the campers so I'm in the laundry room and all of a sudden I hear this big pop I was like what did I just do what we didn't realize is one of the power lines had fallen down and the whole camp was without power So we have 95 teens sitting. This was the one day where we had no rain for a good two weeks. Um, And we had 95 teens with no power no ways to really make food, no running bathrooms. We're like, what are we going to do? Um, and that was the week that my dad was coming down to speak. And so this was really cool to, my dad is actually in that picture. We had chapel in the amphitheater and it was so cool just to sit there and hear nature all around us and um, the power is able to be restored during that time. And so it was really special for me to hear my dad just to pour into these teens, um, to share his heart with them and to open the word and so that was really special my mom was awesome she ended up staying the whole following week helping me deep clean buildings and just get ready for the fall ministry so that was a huge blessing to see my parents get involved in ministry that has become a huge part of my life um, it was also really cool this summer we had because of everything that happened with Jean and Artie and, and Jean still recuperating from her surgery Artie was not able to um, speak in as many chapels as he would normally so it was really cool to have different youth pastors, different um, local pastors come in and take those chapels and even it was really cool for our team members to even hear um, different speakers throughout the week as well The summer makes us crazy. I just love that picture because we're all doing our own thing, and it is great. Um, I just think this summer went awesome. Um, I really look forward to um, seeing where God takes these these team members. Um, we had our final concert on Friday night. Lots of tears were had. Um, but it was a fantastic summer overall. Um, I just have a few stories that I would like to share with you quickly. I'm not going to share all of them because I know that a few of the team members will be able to share them with you next week as well. One camper was feeling discouraged throughout, their week, throughout the week that their team had lost consecutive games and group activities. The cabin leader was able to motivate his camper to attempt earn points for their team by memorizing and reciting passages of scripture. By the end of the week, one of his campers had enjoyed verse memorization so much that he pledged to continue memorizing scripture even after he went home after camp. Another Kevin leader was approached by one of his campers who had been in the midst of questioning his own salvation. After spending time in the scriptures together, the camper later shared a Bible verse that appeared to reflect his understanding of eternal security. The camper was impacted in multiple ways throughout the week and became especially convicted regarding his choice of music. When his father picked him up on Saturday morning, this camper quickly shared with his father that he had resolved to delete music albums that were not glorifying to God. This father was moved by this decision and took the challenge himself. Another cabin leader was challenged by the height of relationship issues that manifested among its campers during Teen Week Two. One evening, he invited Jimmy Van Dyke, who is our interim director, to speak alongside of him to his campers about the significance of waiting on the Lord. The cabin leader had observed that amid, amid this discussion, one of the campers appeared disconnected and troubled. The following week, this cabin leader received a message from the very same young man thanking him for the challenge that night. He wanted to express that he had every intention... Intention moving forward to have a Christ centered relationship with his current girlfriend. A cabin leader that had the blessing of leading a young man to the Lord during Teen Week 2 after he had approached him one afternoon and shared he was significantly wrestling with matters of faith. This young man had recently lost his best friend in an auto, automobile accident. And the cabin leader later learned that every interaction with a camper holds eternal value. And no matter what you're doing, no matter how much your flesh wants to fight against it, you must always stop and take the time to listen. These are just a few of the stories from the summer of how I was able to hear how God had been working through the counselors and the lives of the campers. Um, Just on Friday, I was putting away Lost and Found, and a few of the girl campers who had lost stuff, they were coming back for it. So we walked to the Lost and Found, and it was her very first year at camp. I'm like, hey, coming back next year. She's like, yeah, so how can I get involved throughout the year? And she wanted her counselor's contact info and she and I had a really good conversation and just how God was working in our hearts. I'm so encouraged to see the dedication and the love of the counselors pour over into these campers. Um, Here's a quick video of camp.